Spire. Welcome back to Starting Now. I'm your host, Jeff Saris. This is the show where I talk to entrepreneurs to reveal the unexpected paths to entrepreneurship. Today, my guest is Tom Buck. Tom is a high school teacher turned YouTuber. And just in the last year, he has his channel has grown immensely. He's been doing killer work on YouTube for a long time. And there was something about 2020 and people getting online and trying to start their own channels, trying to learn about camera gear and all of these things that he educates you on, where it was the tipping point. It was the thing that really helped him grow. And now he's in the process of making his side hustle into more of a business. So we talked about all that in this episode, along with the awesome, awesome story about how he met his wife actually through YouTube. So without further ado, my conversation with Tom Buck. You were teaching today, probably, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, we've been online all year, so. Yeah. (laughs) So (laughs) that's why we had to do three o'clock. Oh, yeah. My time. So how has that been? I mean, that it's such a such a drastic shift, I'm sure. Yeah, it's I mean now we've been doing it for a year. So it's uh it's got pros and cons. I mean, it's obviously like in a lot of ways it's like the worst parts of teaching because it's none of the in-person interaction and the like, hey, look, I'm helping and seeing an impact. It's just sort of staring at blank squares all day. <laughs> uh but there there are, you know, chances for for still making those connections. And then also it's, you know, it's obviously the safer option. Plus there's like zero discipline problems uh, because (laughs) it's all virtual. (laughs) So you can just mute somebody. There's no restroom passes. (laughs) Oh, I love it. I haven't written a restroom pass in a year. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) I love that that's like the first thing that comes to mind. (laughs) It was like such a huge chunk of my life was just like bathroom passes. And it's like, I don't care, but y'all do bad things in the bathroom. So now I have to care about the bathroom. So uh-huh. now it's not an issue. <laughs> yeah. Do you have to worry about people actually paying attention and being there? Um, because obviously you can't really police that. Yeah. I mean, I just put it, luckily, like what I teach is a career tech ed program. So it's a lot of it is geared towards professionalism and personal accountability. And, you know, I'm pretty upfront with like, yeah, I know you can log in and walk away and <laughs> leave me just talking to an empty room. But at the end of the day, there's stuff that needs to get done and things that need to get turned in. And it's like, you either do or you don't. And it's going to be really obvious when you don't. Yeah. So has it actually um, maybe alleviated some of your post uh, classroom time work in terms of like homework and things? Like how has that affected it? Yeah. Because I I was that thing where like, I, okay, in education, there's like, it's cool to be a martyr. And everybody kind of outdoes each other with like, I got here at 6 a.m. Well, I got here at 5.50. I got here before the janitor. Like, (laughs) it's just sort of, and it's like, you're all not winning because that doesn't work. And I did that for so long, you know, go in hours before school started, stay late, you know, 10 hour minimum day, oftentimes 12, 15 hours. And it's like, you feel like you're, you're, I'm doing something good and I'm putting in extra stuff, but you're never going to be finished with everything. And the... The benefits like really stop. I don't know what is it like a um, reti- re- return, diminishing returns. There's definitely <laughs> mm-hmm. di- diminishing returns when it comes to that extra time, and so you just end up burning yourself out. And because basically all my work is at home now, 
it's like I have to be really clear about stopping when it's time to stop because otherwise, you know, the line is so blurry. So it's like I just stick to my exact contract hours and I don't do anything beyond that. <laughs> like, <laughs> I will not check email. I will not grade an assignment. I won't do anything. Like I've got my contract hours. Since I'm at home, you know, four out of the five days of a, of the week, I, you know, there's not like the distractions or even just being on campus. It's like, it's going to take me walking all the way across to the office to check a mailbox to then somebody talks to you and then you walk back and now that's 20 minutes of like a prep Mm -hmm. period. Like that stuff doesn't happen anymore. So it's, it's actually a little easier to be more efficient with your time. Plus the workload. I mean, the amount of work you can actually assign is so much less than what I would actually be doing in the classroom to begin with. Mm, okay, so is that just because you're not really there with them to work on it then? Yeah, I mean, it's a little of both. And it's especially because I'm doing tech stuff. Not all of we I teach at a, um, a Title I school. So it's like really, you know, not a wealthy student population. Okay. Uh, mostly like free and reduced lunch. And the the only guaranteed access to equipment that they have is a Chromebook because the district provides them. Some kids have computers and some kids have cameras and all that stuff. And some of them have been able to like rent them out from me, even though like from the program, even though we're not on campus. But for the most part, I have to make sure everything we do can be done on a Chromebook. If you've ever worked <laughs> on a Chromebook, it's like very limiting. Yeah, so, that is really tight. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to the basics. Luckily, most of them do have phones and phones, you know, phones have a lot of options so that that does kind of that's like my lifesaver um but yeah it's really just more of the basics but something where normally i would always have two or three assignments and projects and we're bouncing back and forth and and all that it's literally like we will just be working on one thing for four weeks and that's it we're just gonna do piece by piece every day like really (laughs) simple (laughs) um that kind of thing but you know i it's still been there's some students who thrive under it and some students who who don't but that's the same as regular school anyway oh yeah and do you see this being maybe more normal moving forward like when things go back to like quote-unquote normal right like yeah what do you (laughs) i don't i mean part of me hopes and i've heard other teachers say this too because there's some teachers and there's some students who are really thriving with like online school for a lot of different reasons and some totally aren't and so a lot of people are actually hopeful that they'll be like it could just be kind of a cool alternative. Like maybe each school or each district also has an online school. And for the people who just do really well in that environment, you do that. And then everybody else does the the traditional stuff. I kind of hope that's the case because there is, there is a lot more flexibility, um, definitely for students who deal with, you know, I don't know, health issues, anxiety, mental issues. It can really be like much more uh, stress relieving to just the virtual thing and you know i don't know there's a lot of kids that would never normally talk out during class that will participate in a chat or, or oh, something that's really like that good. or you know then they're good their kids are so much better now in the past year of like using email <laughs> which is so basic <laughs> but um it was something they just didn't really do before and now it's it's so much easier to send a student email and they write back or you know they know if they have a question they email you and like that that i think is amazing mm-hmm. yeah it's i mean it's it's just seems more effective all around I mean, my girlfriend actually taught a college level class. It's her first ever course that she taught. Oh, really? She's um, and this year she taught it. So like we shot, we set up a little a little <laughs> area for her like office to shoot from, and it was a lot of fun to do it. But it's interesting because 
that's her first experience there yeah. where I was really wondering what, yeah, what that shift felt like for someone. Because you've been doing it for about a decade. Yeah, this is my 11th year. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, yeah how, I'm curious, how does your girlfriend like teaching adults? Um, she enjoyed it. I mean, she had never taught before, so she doesn't have a teaching degree. She's, yeah, so she, it's really the first time. Um, but yeah, she really enjoyed it. It was funny because there was very little student interaction, um, which like just normal sort of college stuff, like you have the interaction, but it's not a ton, but she felt actually like really emotional at the last um i almost want to say episode but the last class right. you know to be like she like she said she's like oh this is the final sign off and then she actually started to well up a little bit and it was like oh this is that's funny like it's unexpected but mm-hmm. it's still that that experience you get tied in and i'm sure by the end of the year you're like oh these kids are i mean maybe maybe after a few years you start to get more used to it but i'm sure especially early on you might have been like tied to these kids I a mean, little bit it, that part really never goes away especially because for most of my time i've been teaching digital media which is a multi-year thing so it's a lot of times the same kids for three or four years and when they leave it's like we've been together (laughs) for up to four years and that includes not just classes but like projects and events and there's traveling and it's like you really you know they really like have an impact on actually affecting the program like there's you know there's stuff we do and equipment and software were used simply because students like brought it in and they shaped it and then they leave and it's you know you you get into those routines where like three years every day for three years there's someone who's gonna like come in and say hi during lunch and do this and it's like oh then they're just gone (laughs) yeah (laughs) and I, i definitely uh i think it was my it must have been my like probably my second year teaching if not my first where i literally just cried <laughs> so uh-huh. I said goodbye. <laughs> and uh i was like you know what whatever uh so that just became the thing of like i'll just cry in front of teenagers every june <laughs> and whatever <laughs> uh-huh <laughs> that is funny but yeah i mean i'm sure that's extremely just common and just the norm yeah yeah um, it is but yeah so how would you describe who you are then? So you would be a teacher, obviously, but you're also a YouTuber. You're a drummer. You do a lot of different things. How do you, what do you generally, um, how would you generally portray yourself? Uh, I mean, I'm just like, uh, I guess I, I am a person who likes creative endeavors and all my music stuff is very much hobby. I've been doing it for a long time, but I, that's like such a hobby thing. I have like zero uh, like professional ambition for that or, or anything. It's just purely for fun. Even though like the room I'm in is mostly taken up by instruments, <laughs> it's like it's it's not the the main thing. So yeah, I mean i I make a lot of videos and then I teach people how to to do audio and video. Like it's basically like an AV club, but I just really love doing that professionally. And you know, lately I've been kind of I always like said like I'm a high school digital media teacher and I make YouTube videos and I kind of have been like flipping those lately mm-hmm. um just because I feel more <laughs> I feel more effective uh <laughs> with like the YouTube platform in a lot of ways and that's kind of I, I feel like I have more control over it in a lot of ways too so that's kind of I've been putting that first since it's more my thing and then teacher second because at the end of the day you're you're still working for someone else and it's not totally my own thing. Mm-hmm, definitely. And your growth on YouTube, that's <laughs> fairly recent, isn't it? I mean, because I know you were going like for, when did you start the channel? I guess we should start there. 
Yeah, sure. <laughs> I started <laughs> in uh, started in June of 2017. Uploaded my first video in July of 2017. Okay, nice. And then over the last uh, three years, now you're did you just cross? Was it fifty thousand subscribers? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, at the beginning of January, it's 50,000. Okay, nice. Just, Congratulations. Just <laughs> oh, it's amazing, <laughs> right? You. I mean, that, that many people are, are tuning in and they're tuning into your live streams. Like I watched the one from the other day, just oh, we yeah, just yeah. did. And um, yeah, I mean, it's, you've really, yeah. you've crafted something that is engaging. Like you're extremely likable. <laughs> I mean, well, thank everything you. <laughs> you do visually, everything <laughs> is awesome. And then the content obviously is excellent. Like everything, just all the pieces fall together. It's been so weird and it's like um YouTube is weird because if you've ever seen that video about I think I said this on a live stream but if you've ever seen that video about star sizes <laughs> where it's like it's like a YouTube video that will pop up like a viral video it'll just be in your recommended like twice a year Oh wait is it um, the one it, that pulls out Yes Okay yeah and it, it shows like it starts with like the earth and it's like here's the earth and then it shows the earth next to Jupiter and Jupiter is so much bigger but then it shows Jupiter next to the sun, and the sun is so much bigger. And then it shows the sun next to another star, and this, that star. And it keeps doing that until you get to, like, the biggest star ever that is just, you know, the Earth would be barely a pinpoint. And then that star is dwarfed by another one that is, like, 50 times bigger, and you just feel minuscule. In a way, that's kind of how YouTube numbers work, for better <laughs> or worse. Because, you know, when you start a channel, you're like, I just want, you know five people or i really like want to get to 100 so i can have a custom url because it's impossible to, to link <laughs> your pre-custom url which is just a string of robot numbers and then 100 feels impossible and then you get it and then a thousand feels impossible and then a couple thousand or ten thousand was like just an absurd idea and then you get there and you're like oh and then you you I, I try to avoid it and I recommend <laughs> avoiding it, but I think human nature will make you play the comparison game and you'll see like, wow, like I hit this milestone. That's amazing. And then you might talk to someone who's like, yeah, that's what I do every month. Like uh -huh. the thing that you've done in three years, I do that every month. <laughs> Not that anyone would ever say it that way, but you know, well, yeah. you just kind of look and you're like, wow, yeah, you're, you're, you know, I have some friends who have larger channels and like literally if we go two weeks without talking in that amount of time, they will have grown by my entire channel size. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It is that like, snowball effect, though. It's like not it necessarily. Is, yeah. yeah. And it's not like an issue with anything you're doing, but it's it is amazing because there, like, there's so many variables. It's just insane. Yeah. yeah but it all ties uh, together. It's also, I mean, it's really important. Like the thing that I, I am super grateful for is the quality of the community on my channel because like one, it's so much bigger than I ever could have imagined it would be. <laughs> but also the more I've gotten to know people and the more like I do, you know, live streams or whatever, the thing that I love is it seems like the majority are people who actually actively make something themselves, whether it's a video channel or, or podcast or something like they're in it and they're figuring it out and you know, my videos are helping them in some way along the way. But I love that. It's not a passive audience. It's like super active. And that is just really fun to be a part of. And so in that regard, it's like the numbers really don't matter because that's just a group I want to be. I don't care. That's a group I want to be a part of no matter how many people that are there. And then it really, the more you engage with your community, you start remembering that like, yes, every time the little number goes boop up one more, that's actually a person. Mm -hmm. And that person is doing something and that person... You know, there's a whole life tied to that person and whole perspective. And 
remembering that is very, very important when you're like, oh, I only got this many now. You know, <laughs> but that's actually a lot. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Was there a tipping point that you feel like maybe a moment in time where you, you saw this shift to the growth? Yeah, I mean, definitely 2020. <laughs> For everything that 2020 was, that mm -hmm. was definitely the tipping point there, which I think, like, <laughs> I feel terrible saying this, but I think it really kind of was the pandemic because well, yeah. so much of my content is, is like, do it yourself, set up your home studio, set up your own camera setup, set up your own audio, your own podcasting setup. And when everybody ended up being stuck at home for so long, so many people turned to like, well, now I got to, you know, I want to have a better... Uh, streaming setup for my work calls and I want to mm -hmm. start a podcast and I want to dive into that. And my videos were just like, it was a library of stuff that was just sort of sitting there. And I think that really like, it was just, it, it was helpful at the time. And then, you know, once people get that bug and they start doing that, they, they usually don't give it up when they really get into it. And so it just kind of grew and grew from there. And that seems to be, um, that really seems to be like what tipped it just mm -hmm. 2020, you know, spring of 2020 to the end. It just like, uh, I've never seen anything like that before. Oh yeah. And it makes sense. I mean, because what we do is help people start businesses. So we've, mm. we saw the same exact thing. We help people get online, help people build their business. It's just, it's fed into actually, it's not even really just this getting started space because, um, one of our platforms is kidney stone diet. And that also mm. saw a, a big uptick in early in this year where people are people are at home people are addressing their needs i think it is oh. so i think it might be finding finding the solutions to problems that maybe they didn't have the time or the opportunity yeah. to go after before that makes sense that, yeah. i mean that's like that's a good thing <laughs> oh definitely really good thing yeah I, hope, I mean i hope that kind of stuff sticks around like absolutely prioritization of self-care for sure i'd love that to be a more permanent thing in our world Oh, yeah, definitely. So YouTube is a big part of your life. And I saw that um, Heather, who is your wife, you actually mm -hmm. um, met through YouTube? Yeah, we did. <laughs> so what is that story? So that story, it's uh, it's pretty funny, actually. It's why I like I can never hate on the YouTube algorithm, which is, <laughs> you know, people in YouTube love to talk about like the algorithm, you know, it messed up my channel. But it, it was literally, um, it was summer of, spring, summer of 2017. That was around the time I was starting my channel. I was, that was really my like, I don't know what you call it, like eat, pray, love year of like, I'm just, <laughs> all the things I didn't think I could do, I'm just going to go for it. I'm just going to like, you know, I just stop being in my own way, really. And so part of that was I was, you know, I wanted to start up my YouTube channel I was like revamping my program that I teach at work. I had booked this trip to Iceland for the next year for 2018 because I'd always wanted to go. And like, I, you know, I never had anyone who wanted to go. And I was like, why do I need anyone else? And then, which was funny because when I booked that trip, the guy I called to book it was like, his name was Tom Buck. And it was super confusing. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> but I took it as a good sign. I was uh -huh. like, okay. Um, and yeah, we, we had to like communicate a bunch and it was very confusing for like months. But anyway... <laughs> um, so that was kind of what I was doing. And part of that was I'd started my YouTube channel and a big impetus to that was at the start of that year, uh, or maybe the year before my students introduced me to Casey Neistat, which is, this is not an uncommon YouTube story of like <laughs> Casey being inspiring to uh -huh. people. 
And I just fell down that rabbit hole so hard. And of course, 2016, 2017, if you're watching KC, you're not not going to go look up a boosted board. Oh, yeah. And I need this electric skateboard. And I was like, you know, this is completely ridiculous. It's expensive. It's unnecessary. I'm not like a skater or anything. And then I was like, you know what? That's why I should do it. Because it's like a thing that I'm interested in for no reason, just for the, the joy of it. And so I was looking at boosted board reviews and there was one from this girl. And the reason I clicked on it was because the whole video was her waiting. Most of the video was her waiting for the UPS guy to drop off the board. And she's like in her house or her apartment, like anxiously waiting and being nervous, (laughs) which I have been in that role many times. (laughs) And then the UPS guy comes and she plays it off super cool. Like, oh yeah, cool. Thanks. You know, like, <laughs> I wasn't waiting here all day, which I fully understand. Like I have, st- I've stood, you know, like at the peephole and then the person <laughs> comes and it's like, oh yeah. Like I've even done the thing. This is embarrassing, but I've done the thing where they ring the doorbell and I'll like, wait a couple seconds and then open the door. <laughs> I wasn't just standing here. Yeah, But anyway, know. so I love that. Like that was really endearing to me. And then the YouTube YouTube just recommended the next video was one where um, she was talking about she'd quit her job to essentially do like digital media advocacy and education. And I was like, whoa, that's not phrases I hear in the real world. And then there was also a video she did where she's like, here's my Iceland packing trip. So it was like, wow, the like Iceland boosted boards and digital media, <laughs> which is a very just unique combo. And I had literally never left a YouTube comment before. And so I sent her, I left her a comment that was like, hi, like, I just want you to know, like, I'm a digital media teacher. Um, The thing that you're doing is amazing. Like, I can tell you it's important, yada, yada. She has the comment. I forget exactly what it says, but she definitely has it saved. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then she didn't reply, but I didn't know how YouTube comments work. And I was like, maybe I need to send it as an email for some reason. (laughs) And so I sent it as an email and she that she finally like gave in and replied. And then we talked a little bit and I explained what I do and when I described my program as like, we we lived a couple hours apart, but when I described my program as what it is, it kind of sounds like I'm lying when I'm like, yeah, we have like these studios and all this gear and this is what we do. And she was like, I would really like to come see this actually working because it was like almost like a thing she was dreaming of mm-hmm. in her previous job when she worked at a school. And I was like, yeah, you know, it was prior to like the school year starting. I was like, yeah, you can come out. I'll give you a tour, explain how everything works. And we just like hit it off immediately and then you know we we like uh it took us a few months to just admit <laughs> she would come in and like you know do like workshops with my students and of course all the kids are like they like each other blah, blah, blah. and i was like no 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 it's not a thing it's all just professional and then eventually after like several months you're we like yeah we seem to be a pretty good fit <laughs> yeah definitely that is so awesome like i just yeah. i love that like youtube has I mean, arguably, Casey was a a matchmaker. If he if he sparked yeah. the the boosted <laughs> board, because that is that. Yeah, I just love that story. Oh, there's so there's so many like obscure reasons why we should have never met, but I mean, you can trace it all the way back to that. We've literally thought of times, like especially when we were engaged and going to get married, we we're like, should we make like a little video and like tweet it to him or something? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, he'll probably never see it. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I, for sure, he actually played a huge role in it. Yeah, it's so funny, too, because, like, with him, for example, I mean, he's been doing this forever, and, like, I think when he did the first Bites video is when I first found him, so I'd been following along mm. for a long time, but, wow. like, I've never interacted with him. He has no idea that I'm watching, like you said, right. like, each tick is a, is a real person out there. Right. I don't comment on anything. I don't do anything, but, like, 
the amount of impact someone can have. Like you, um, in the stuff you do, not just for like the purchasing, but for the education. Like you mm-hmm. can sort of you can see the students directly, um, but you're reaching such a such a more broad audience. It is it's it's amazing how much how much you yeah. can accomplish through yeah through platform. Um, it's, it's it's insane. It's like magic. Yeah, it really is. Um, so, in terms of because I saw that you're working on sort of a business side of things too. Currently, oh yeah, do you have um, a business like a business model in place for YouTube? Sort of like what's the business of YouTube for Tom Buck? Yeah, so this is something that I actually am getting more and more. Um, I don't know if passionate or vocal is the word. I want to do a whole podcast episode about this, but um, th- this is like not spoken about because so here's how I feel. I'm having a lot of thoughts at once. Uh-huh. Uh, there's a lot of people that want to have YouTube channels and they feel that YouTube is really saturated because there's billions of accounts. There's hundreds of hours of content uploaded every minute. And it's just like, where do I, where am I going to fit in in that? And if you, if you just want to make content for the sh- for the sake of making something, it doesn't matter, right? Because mm-hmm. if you just put yourself out there and you don't care if anyone watches it, who cares how crowded it is? I definitely don't recommend starting YouTube to make revenue. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're looking at it as like, okay, a serious endeavor, even just growing a channel, a zero revenue generating channel, the amount of people who are there, yes, is huge. It's a significant percentage of the earth's population. <laughs> but the amount of those people who are then going to actually create something is way smaller. Those people who actually create something good, way, way smaller. And then the people who will keep going, you know, like I think after I did my first 50 videos, 40 or 50 videos, I had like 26 subscribers. Mm-hmm. It's like, are you going to make 50 videos and see very little growth and then make 200 more videos? Or are you going to make four videos and go like, yeah, I'm tired now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to do it this weekend. And so it, it sort of becomes this self-selecting group of people who will put in that time and energy. And it, what I discovered, at least, is I had no intention of making money off of YouTube at all. If anything, I was kind of against it. And as time went on, it just sort of organically started generating revenue, which was cool. And then, you know, it's something like once you make over $600 a year, that's when Mm -hmm. it pops up on your taxes, (laughs) at least in the U.S. anyway. And at first you're making like, oh, look, 50 bucks. Cool. This is neat. And then it was like $600. I was like, oh, now this is like an extra thing. And then I started. AdSense specifically? This was actually uh, my first revenue was Amazon affiliate stuff because oh, I, yeah, I didn't okay. want to put ads on my video. Mm-hmm. But um, the nature of the content that I make, I just need to link to stuff because people are always going to ask, what's the camera? What's the this? If I talk about something, they're going to want to know. Uh, and it, I originally was just linking to the product page. And then I learned about affiliate stuff. And like literally there's no downside. <laughs> yeah, You know, like I get a percentage of the sale if they click through it doesn't raise the price. It doesn't do anything negative for them. And I don't have to, I don't have to spend time in the video, like promoting it, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like win, win, win in every way. And after like the fifth person was like, I bought this really expensive lens because of you. I was like, maybe I should, that's like $10,000 in lenses. <laughs> maybe I should get it. You're telling me I get like 4% of that. I'll take it. Uh-huh. And, and that was kind of where I started doing that. And then I just branched out. I think at this point, my channel has like 10 or 11 revenue streams coming through it different affiliate programs plus AdSense um, plus, I mean, like consulting thing. It's just, there's so many different ones. And then last year, my wife and I formed an LLC. Nice. So 
And then we had to open up like business accounts. So the money goes into the business accounts. And then we had to get like a payroll thing so we could pay ourselves, which is a massive undertaking to like figure all that stuff out. Oh, yeah, from nothing. And nobody really talks about it. Mm -hmm. And it, it's crazy how many people you'll see on YouTube who are just kind of like, yeah, I'm just hanging out, making videos. Oh, geez. And it's like they'll never talk about the insane like business strategy. Not that they have to. But I think for a lot of people, they can go like, oh, look how simple and easy it is. And they can get really, they can potentially get really far and not do the things they need to do to set themselves up to to handle it well. Mm -hmm. And uh, that that's kind of what I discovered <laughs> just along the way. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. And that's a big problem, too, because I think, I think when some people drove really quickly, say, mm -hmm. suddenly this first, maybe not the first year, but the first year they're making serious money. Yeah. And they're not they're not maybe paying quarterly taxes. There are <laughs> estimated taxes that maybe they're not really saving the money because it's like, oh, this is amazing. I've never had this much money. But then when that end of year comes around and it's like, oh no, that I owe a lot. I owe thirty, forty yeah, percent of my had income. No money. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, that is a big, big thing. And so that's sort of like yeah. where we live and what we do is we live behind the scenes. So we're helping people sort of Mm. navigate those things because we've been doing this for a little over a decade now so yeah um but yeah like there are platforms that we work with that it's like oh no this is that one person it's these two people and it's like well it is but there is sort of a team behind them too it's just me and my business partner like everything is um mm. solo like minimalist business just between the two of us but um yeah it's it's stuff that actually it's not simple it's not something that anyone talks about yeah, and it wasn't. I, I I always shy away from sponsored content. I'm like, I've actually only ever done one actually sponsored video where like I had to say this video is sponsored by, <laughs> and that was uh, late 2019. I did one for Epidemic Sound, one of the oh, royalty free nice. music things, and I like Epidemic. I use them; they're great. Uh, and the reason I did it was because they're really nice people to work with, but also because I really wanted to learn like how this works. There's a contract. There's this. And I was so upfront about like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> and they were so patient with like, we will walk you through every step of the process. And so I did it mainly just for that experience of like, mm -hmm. and I, I'm so grateful for how patient they were. But that was where they were like, okay, where do we send the payment? And I was like, oh, you know, here's my bank account thing. And they're like, we need your employer identification number. And I was like, no, that's just my personal thing. Like, We don't just send money to personal accounts. You need an employer identification number. And it ended up being a big a big deal. And they were like, you know, like they figured out a way to make it work at the time. But they were like, uh, if you want to keep doing more of this and you're thinking of incorporating at any point, this would be the time to do it. And I was so blown away because I was thinking, well, I've seen epidemic ads on channels that are my size. My channel at that time was maybe like 7,000 mm -hmm. subscribers. I think I've seen people my size doing this, people a little bigger, even people smaller you're telling me all of them have an LLC? And the answer was, yeah, they did. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they absolutely did. And, and in the photo video niche where I kind of fall, a lot of people have like production companies. So they've been doing client work for years. And so when their YouTube channels take off, they're able to just use their existing business to handle that revenue. So it's not that they had to necessarily start from scratch, but they had something in place. And I was just oblivious to this. And I felt so like frustrated <laughs> That I didn't even know because I was just so happy to see the channel grow and this and that. And I didn't know that I had been missing out on a really important part of setting myself up to 
to be sustainable. And that was, uh, it was kind of frustrating to figure out. And so that's been being more vocal about that and, or at least more open about that is something I've been trying to do, uh, more lately. Yeah. So are you, um, do you have some videos about that yet or do you plan on putting those out? I mean, more podcast stuff because okay. I, yeah. I know that, you know, the people who watch my channel, they, they're not there to watch those videos, mm-hmm. uh, at least currently, but, uh, and you know, I'm not a, an expert by any means, but I'm very, happy to work on some podcast episodes where I can at least explain this is what I'm doing. You know, I could come back in six months and go like, here's everything I did wrong, but Mm -hmm. at least this is what I'm doing. This is how it's working right now. And this is why I'm doing it this way. And then other people can just, you know, build off of that or, or not. Yeah. Despite not having a, an immense amount of experience with that, I think it's hugely valuable actually where you're at because you are, um, I talked about this with um, Daniel Vassallo. So you're just a step or so beyond, maybe not just a step, now you're a little further, but <laughs> as long as you're just a couple steps ahead of the person you're you're sort of guiding along the way, mm-hmm. you're yeah. actually much more relatable because like yeah. if you had been, if you're like, oh, 10 years ago, I set up this LLC, this is what, this is what I learned and how you did it. it. It becomes so much harder to really connect with someone. So I think, I think it's mm-hmm. actually the perfect spot to be educating on that. Yeah. I mean, that's, I, I've tried to do that there, as a teacher. There's plenty of days, especially when I taught English where like I would teach a lesson. I learned that morning. <laughs> like who remembers gerunds? And then you're like, we have to do a grammar lesson on gerunds. And I'm like that morning, okay yeah i'm like i don't even know that word anymore so (laughs) and then uh then the kids come in and you're like okay how do you guys not understand this i've known it for 20 minutes yeah but the same is kind of true like i mean even with the content on youtube i always like i've been which might be part of what's helped the channel grow is my like ideal audience is me six months ago Mm -hmm. so i just think of what was i going through what was i working on what i have questions about six months ago and i kind of just make those videos and so it is very much like I just learned this, just figured out, and now I'm sharing it. Learned it, figured out, sharing it. And there could be mistakes in that because obviously I'm not an expert, nor do I claim to be. But I think exactly like you said, it 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 you're you're in the person's shoes in a very real way because it's easy to say like, yeah, you just go set up an LLC. But when you're like, well, you're going to go to the website and it's going to ask this question. The question's not going to make any sense. But this <laughs> is what the like like those kinds of relatability things are, are pretty important uh-huh is this your first go around with accounting then for the llc yeah yeah i mean for anything official outside mm-hmm. of my own like personal budgets and stuff. yeah so are you are you going with someone are you doing like our turbo tax quick in sort of what's your approach uh we are we have a payroll company we're using adp okay. um because they were like they worked with the bank with our business accounts <laughs> uh-huh. and they're pretty reasonable in price and they do all the tax filings for you. Um, so it's like 40 bucks a month. You can run a payroll. They'll file all the taxes. You just don't have to think about it. I'm totally cool with that. Mm-hmm. And it is super easy to like go in and run payroll and, and everything. Um, my wife and I are the only employees. So that's super simple. Um, we did have everything organized in notion cause my wife's like huge on notion, but then we moved over to wave to track oh, okay. all the expenses and categor- categorizations and stuff. Actually, don't Wave know. Wave is really Wave. cool. It was recommended to us. We were looking into it, and then a few people recommended it's free, uh, which is great. And it literally, you just connect your accounts. It keeps track of all the transactions, and then you can go through and recategorize them as you want. I think you could even run payroll through Wave if you sign up for it. So it could be a one-stop shop. But I really like it. It's super easy to use. 
and it just it just keeps everything right there you know so if you're wherever audited or something like that it's all everything's just kind of squared away in a really neat organized way yeah sounds good um so the next step for you with the channel i heard is the courses and what's the plan there so um that that would then bring in more revenue bring in maybe a more i don't know maybe more sustainable ideally business model so what what are your plans yeah stability there so there's there's a thing in youtube uh where I think people might be fatigued about like every channel's like, here's my course, here's my course. <laughs> but having been a teacher for 11 years, I kind of feel uniquely prepared oh, yeah. <laughs> to do a course. And I feel like I'm good at breaking down, you know, I, I, I'm good at making lessons. I'm, I've built curriculum. I've written curriculum, like real curriculum. I feel like I can do that really well. Marketing and selling it, not great at, but luckily my <laughs> wife is. And so that was something where it's like, I know I could just essentially make some of this stuff and post it for free on YouTube. But the beauty, I think at least, having not officially done it yet, of the course is you have a dedicated group of people who are paying to be there. So they're volunteering their time. You know, it's not compulsory like public education <laughs> is. They they have skin in the game because they literally paid to be there. Um, I am obligated to only provide the stuff I said I was going to give. It's like, I'm not also a social worker. I'm not also (laughs) all these other things that come with being a public educator. It's just like, we're here to talk about this. That's what we're focusing on. Um, and I think that putting it in a course lets you circumvent the YouTube thing of having to constantly be worried about like watch time and engagement and, you know, there might be something I want to add into a video that I kind of feel is important, but also might be a little dry and a little long-winded. And so I'll, I'll kind of cut it out. But if you throw that into a course, that's where it's like the people want to know those details. And so I, not that I wouldn't want the course to be entertaining and useful, but I can, I can focus more on like, hey, yeah, here is, you know, 10 minutes on this one kind of dry thing. But Focusing on this is going to make your whole life so much easier. So let's spend time on it. That kind of, you know, like in-depth quality curriculum. Plus then the fact it's like infinitely scalable can make zero dollars or it can make whatever as, as many dollars as there are. And that that's kind of cool. And <laughs> all of the dollars, and, uh, yeah, all of the dollars, <laughs> but, but there's no, there's no real limit. And then you can expand it. And I was, you know, cause my first course that I'm going to do is, um, audio podcast production. So specifically just audio podcasting, the goal is by the time someone goes through the course and finishes it, if they follow the steps, they will have their first episode produced, uploaded, and like literally they just have to click go live or publish on whatever platform they chose. And then they have a workflow in place. So it's it's like they come with a tangible result, mm-hmm. um, which I think is really important. And then that kind of opens it up like lots of people ask about video podcasts. So it's like, cool, I could do like a supplemental thing about video. I could do podcast editing. Um, then we could jump into live streaming setup. So it's like, gosh, there's so many different, both big and small courses, you know, cornerstone things or supplemental little bits and pieces here that like you could make a whole catalog of stuff that people could choose from and mix and match and combine. And um, I, I something about that just really exciting to me just as a, an educator but also then from business perspective it's like you could be asleep and someone could buy your course learn from it do the thing and i don't have to do anything other than make it (laughs) oh yeah it's the notion of build once sell twice and if you're able to yeah make money while you're sleeping and continue to help people but they're able to come in and all the 
the infrastructure is already there for yeah. them to move along um, self-guided. It's definitely the way to go. Are you considering doing them as a one-off purchase, as a purchase with a subscription? Uh, what have you been thinking? Um, I'm going to start pretty simple. So the first one would just be one-off purchase. Mm-hmm. Um, probably probably with like 12-month access. So you buy, you have access to the course for a year. Um, and then see from there. I do think that having some kind of live component is really important. But figuring out how to do that in a way that actually works with a human schedule, <laughs> uh-huh. you know, uh, I'm trying to do that. Like my wife is, you know, she's parts of programs and courses. And there've been times where she's like, I have a thing for my course. The instructor is in Dubai. So I got to get up at four 30 to, oh, wow. to be in the class <laughs> or whatever. And it's like, there, there's those things where, you know, where's everybody coming from? If for some reason, everybody who books it is in England, then I'm going to have to adjust my schedule to be, you know, at weird times or, if I have a nice variety of people, then I can just go off of, hey, this is this is the time and it it is the time you want to be there. You got to be there. Um, but I think having a live component in some way at some point in time uh, will be really crucial. And I think it'll kind of give me the fix that I want of like working with people directly, like with students in the classroom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is even cycling through. So with, say, the Kidney Stone Diet platform is one of ours. Um, and she, uh, Jill has office hours. So she does a similar yeah. thing where it's like throughout the week, there's maybe three different, well, no, she does daily, but obviously he wouldn't want to do daily, <laughs> but, um, daily office hours just at different time periods on different days. So people mm, can at least check in for idea. one. Um, and it's, it works really well. And that is, so that is a subscription the way that we do it. Yeah. Um, because that has that's sort of a game changer in terms of keeping people in because they wanna they wanna be a part of the show, like the live show, premium access. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like I could I could see with time as you're building this, like building more courses and doing things that that um subscription component could be huge. It's exciting. Yeah, that is a gr- I like that. That's a good because it's almost like a like a live stream, but mm-hmm. then we're just kind of focused on this thing here. And it's, I like that because it puts the ball in the customer's court of you can show up if you want to. And if you don't want to, you don't have to. And mm-hmm. it's not like you have to feel guilty. Oh, yeah. <laughs> about it. Well, and you're able to but give I, that. I like that. Yeah, that one to many, but in an interactive way. So it's just, yeah, there's a yeah. Little, little upgrade from there. And then obviously you can have private consulting and things like you do. But yeah, yeah, a lot of potential there. That's I love that's probably a good way to begin. And then I know like, I mean, my wife is the expert on courses and building the stuff mm-hmm. and she knows like you have this and I forget what they call it, but you know, your low middle and high end thing and this offers that and blah, blah, blah. And like how to differentiate. Uh, so she's handling all the marketing. Excellent. <laughs> well, that is the I'm thing. That is hard. The content. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you say just, but like those are different brains. It's like, you really yeah. have to switch over into sort of business mode, content mode. Like essentially you're an entertainer. Like what you do on YouTube is you entertain people and educate. I mean, you do that in the classroom Hopefully. too. Oh yeah, you definitely do. <laughs> <laughs> like, like you mentioned, the, there would be some dry content, but like yeah. we both know the dry content will be flush yeah, with puns. It'll be, spiced it'll up be a bit. <laughs> <laughs> plenty of silliness in there that makes it fun and, and engaging. So yeah. Um speaking of live streaming, I've I feel like we're still at a time, like right now, on sort of the cusp of this like 
live stream revolution for normal people, yeah. non-gamers. And I was yeah. curious what you think about sort of where live streaming is and where it, it could end up. I think you're 100% right. It's um, it's definitely reaching like a critical mass of it's a normal thing to do. Um, it's been great, actually. So since the pandemic, when we've been online teaching, I've been making content about how to do it. But I've also been when other teachers or like colleagues will ask me questions, I tell them all the time, like, go watch like a Twitch streamer or something. Not because you're going to play a game, not because you're going to fill your room with RGB lights and stuff, <laughs> but because of how they interact. Like they're, they're not in a room with other people. They're in the same situation. They're staring at just text on a screen. Sometimes people are there, sometimes they're not, but they make everything interacting, everything engaging. Um, obviously it's all voluntary and they're dealing with entertaining stuff. It's not like they're trying to teach English text or math mm -hmm. or something, but there's so much you can learn from how they handle it. And now carrying that over into other people with all the tools that make it so accessible, not just to, not just to stream, but to stream in a really cool way, like multiple camera angles, um, you know, giving presentations, sharing a talent or a skill, having good audio, good video at the same time, just as a one person show is like for, for things that are relatively affordable, it's unreal. And I think it's more people are starting to discover that, you know, one it's, um, it's, it's like a, I was gonna, I was gonna say like a virus or an infection, but it's a terrible <laughs> analogy to use right now, but it's one of those things you get the bug and you're like, okay, I want to stream. So then you sit in front of your, your laptop and you turn on and you're like, okay, this was fun. I'm talking to people and it's not going to be long before you're like, my sound isn't very good. Maybe I should get a microphone. So then you get your microphone. You're like, oh, my sound is so much better, but wow, this web camera is so like grainy and these other people have really nice ones. Then you start looking at the cameras and then you have a nice camera and a nice sound. Then you start looking into lights and then you start thinking, well, my stream is all about, I don't know, drawing and it'd be really cool if people could see what I'm drawing. So could I put a camera up? Above? Like, it just starts growing. And then you're like, could I play music? Could I put the comments up on screen when people people bring them in? Could I have an intro thing? Like, it just, it's not going to happen right away. I think you'll go crazy. Some people try to have, like, a totally produced show, their first stream ever. Mm -hmm. But it's like, if you give yourself a few months and you just kind of do it regularly, those things those questions and those needs pop up and I, there's never been a more accessible time of being able to solve them. Like you don't need to be a total AV nerd. You don't need to be an IT person necessarily. And you don't need to be like filthy rich either. You know, it's like, yeah, you want multiple cameras, spend 300 bucks, get an A10 mini. And now you can do four video sources in your live stream. That's unreal. Mm -hmm. So I think that's only going to grow and grow and it's, Kind of like when online video became really accessible through YouTube, like you you cannot put that genie back in the bottle once it's come out. Like video is not going to go anywhere. I don't think streaming is going to go anywhere. Um, they're definitely two different muscles, pre-recorded versus live content <laughs> are very different in a lot of ways. Uh, but I don't think it, I think it's for sure here to stay in some form. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it does. It feels like it's it's still new in a way because mm -hmm. it's yeah, it's different for yeah. like the normal people that like. And I say normal, essentially just non-gamers because um, there's musicians who are killing it on Twitch like this past year. And like there's this one guy um, from the band Sick Puppies. I don't know if you know that band, but the lead singer. I've heard of him, yeah. So the lead singer from that band, all this year he's started his own 
um, lockdown <laughs> sessions. So on Thursdays, oh, yeah. everyone comes together. They're writing songs together in real time. He has wow. so top line writing. So we're writing just the lyrics for the music that he had one of his musician friends produce, who also Twitch streams, also may have <laughs> recorded that live on Twitch. And it's still in the early, early days of like that kind of stuff but seeing how it's grown and seeing how extremely tight-knit the community is really like i i feel like i can see that there's i think there's going to be something fresh in the in the live streaming space that sort of might hit us all by surprise because i mean youtube is phenomenal like being able to watch your show watch anyone's show whenever we want it's killer but that one-on-one or not one-on-one but that direct interaction it adds an entirely different layer that I think I think it just connects you, connects you with the audience in in a different way. So yeah, for I I agree one hundred percent. It's still kind of like the Wild West, like you know when everyone used to have their like GeoCities website or whatever <laughs> it was back in the day, and you could just it was sort of like this person did this thing and this person did that thing, and everyone was kind of figuring it out together. It's one of the few places on the internet where that is happening again. And I think it does, because no matter how polished your live stream gets, especially if it's just a one-person show, you can't you can't max out past a certain level of, like, there's still going to be mistakes, and there's still going to be approachability, and it's still going to be live, and you know, you can't fully escape that, which is a good thing, because that's what keeps it so, so connectable and relatable. Um, I, I'm, I am excited to see what people do with with streaming in the next few months or years yeah um so for just getting started with streaming because you you switch sort of Mm -hmm. over you do your podcasting um i think some of them you do the one with heather live if i'm correct yeah that's a live stream and then we upload the audio as a podcast Mm -hmm. yeah so for someone who might be just starting out do you have any like tips for live stream i mean i know there's never ending but like you just said um, <laughs> right. but maybe like first first couple streams where someone should start out sure yeah because i my first streams i used to stream weekly on my channel uh when it was super small so literally i was streaming for nobody mm-hmm. sometimes it'd be zero people there and i think that's great and that's a thing that could very realistically happen when you're just starting oh, out yeah. streaming <laughs> but it's a good way to just sort of get in the reps and figure things out and and talk about you know have a purpose for your stream. Like you can do, once you have an audience and a community, you can do like, hey, it's a Q&A hangout and you'll you'll sign on and people just show up and start talking to you. But when you're just starting out, that won't happen yet. So have a purpose, you know, have something you want to share, something behind it. I mean, whatever it might be like, hey, look at me. It's, uh, I'm, I don't know, restringing my guitar live stream. And then you just talk about, look, I'm stringing my guitar. These are strings I use. This is the techniques that I use. And then people will show up and you'll start conversing. But have a purpose to your live stream. I'll show you how to do this thing in Photoshop. So here's the live Photoshop tutorial. Oh, hey, community people. Um, and just start with what you got. The The biggest thing I've been really trying to preach lately is um, work with what you have, which is very cliche advice, but then upgrade as your needs become more apparent. So, <clears throat> you know, you could look at what I have and go like, Tom uses that, so I'll get that. And that might work for you, but it also might not because I chose to get these things to solve very specific pain points in my workflow. Mm-hmm. You might have a different situation. And so figuring out, like working with what you got, using it to the max of its ability, and then upgrading, kind of like we talked about with the, you know, you start with your laptop, get the microphone, get the camera. Just do that path. 
Um, and then, you know, more practically, really put in the reps. Like, keep it consistent. People do really like it when a stream is, especially just starting out, if they know every Monday at this time, this person will go live because that's how you're going to build the community. And it'll happen sooner than you think where people will show up. They'll be there every time. Might be two or three people, but it'll be the same two or three people. And you kind of get to know each other. And it's super important when there are people there. Heather had to teach me this because when we first met, like, before I had ever streamed or anything, she was streaming all the time. She had like a weekly stream. There would be times when we would just be hanging out um, and she'd be like, oh, we're going to go live this morning. And she'd just have her phone or whatever. (laughs) And I had to learn all the basics of like, I I would get so caught up in like the comments popping up. And so we'd be talking and I would like interrupt and be like, this person said blah, blah, blah. Um, And so she had to like coach (laughs) me on, you do want to acknowledge comments, but you know, don't, it's frustrating for people to listen to a thought that's being interrupted 10 times. So finish the thought, then check in with the comments. When you read the comments, say the person's name. So you know that like, oh, this person said blah, blah, blah. And, you know, like that kind of keeps it going and makes it a two-way street. Little things like that, you know, they're just things you learn along the way, but are really, really important. Um, But it's nothing will replace just getting the reps in just getting started and the sooner you start the sooner you can get better Mm -hmm. yeah i think that's wonderful advice and i think we'll we'll wrap this episode there so (laughs) for people to follow along with what you're up to um where should we send them Uh, i mean the easiest place is youtube.com slash tom buck and uh (laughs) heather will be proud of me (laughs) if you're interested in my podcasting course you can go to hi my name is tom.com slash waitlist and uh you'll get all the updates when it's ready there yeah excellent yeah, so thanks again for doing this. This, this was great. And oh, this was a pleasure. Thank you so much. And thanks for also working with my schedule because I know we had to reschedule like three times. Oh, no, that's nothing at all. Yeah, I mean, and it worked <laughs> out because I did a little um, break, save from recording new episodes. Okay. So I, I did a bunch in December. Then I'm like, you know, I'll take the holidays, like Christmas and New yeah. Year's off. So this was perfect timing for me. So Yeah, well, this was fun. And I, I appreciate your patience. So thank you very much. A huge thanks to Tom for joining me on this episode. Be sure to check out his awesome YouTube channel at youtube.com slash tombuck or everything else he's up to at hi-my-name-is-tom.com. As always, this episode of Starting Now is brought to you by Built. At Built, we help you get started online. Whether you want to start a blog or a business, head on over to built.co. That's B-Y-L-T dot C-O to get started. Built. Your website, built for you, simply. Finally, if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. Also, be sure to check out the video version on YouTube. You can find that at youtube.com slash Jeff Saris. Well, that'll do it for this week. Again, I'm Jeff Saris, and this has been Starting Now. I'll see you next time.